us get past another day. I think we're gonna do a great job. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Man Podcast. Thank you for the time. As always, we won't take it for granted, but we are going to ask that you hit that like and subscribe button to get a new episode each and every single week. If you get value from these episodes, do us the favor and share this with a friend that you know can get value from it as well, because that is really the best compliment that you can give us here on the podcast. I'm also going to ask that if you are a man seeking to find a community of men really pouring into their growth, taking it to the next level be sure to check out the noble knights mastermind it's a community of men doing exactly what you're looking to do which is tap into your greatest potential because here at modern man we have a vision of connecting men in pursuit of their potential and we do that by embracing discomfort cultivating community and putting wind in each other's sails i'm excited to get wind in our sails today from our guest Coming out of the West Coast, staying dry too, by the way, because they've been getting a lot of rain. It's a pleasure to introduce mortgage banker, coach, two-time Taekwondo world champion, Arjun Dingra on the show. Arjun, thank you for taking the time, man. Thanks, Ted. I appreciate you, brother, having me on and all the work that you're doing in the in the online space, man, to help people be better versions of themselves. I appreciate you very much for that. Absolutely. And and the appreciation is reciprocated. Um, and, and as I mentioned before, you know, titles only tell the story of what someone does. It doesn't tell the story of who somebody is. So with the introduction and with the title of mortgage banker, coach, two-time Taekwondo champion, I feel like that just scratches the surface in terms, or it's just the tip of the iceberg of who Arjun is. So I would love for you to really quick introduce yourself to our audience, get acquainted, and we can kind of jump a little bit deeper into today's yeah. topic. For sure. Yeah. So I am on the West Coast. Yeah, definitely managing to stay dry here in San Francisco where <laughs> half the Bay Area is almost fully submerged underwater. It's crazy. But uh, we've been uh, I mean, there's been worse weather elements I've dealt with, um, you know, in terms of snow and things like that. So, yeah, out here have been in the mortgage banking and real estate advisement space for 22 years here in the Bay Area for 17, primarily working with people get very strategic and intentional about managing their debt. And I'm really big on financial literacy. I feel like we have a massive financial literacy gap in this country because things are not taught at home. They certainly aren't taught at school. And so it's my mission to help people make smarter decisions around that, especially when it comes to buying a home and growing their portfolio. That's been my mission. My extracurriculars have led me into some of those things that you know Ted had touched on uh, in the uh, in some of my titles. I am very fortunate to be the co-head coach for Team USA's Taekwondo team. Uh, had also the honor of participating as a member of Team USA from 2007 to 2014, which was an amazing experience and one that I translate over. But to your point, Ted, earlier about you know the titles tell you you know what the person did but it doesn't necessarily tell you much about what the person is. And the easiest summary of that is that I am a giant work in progress whose work is not finished. Bruce Lee, famous martial artist, right? And transformative man, uh, well ahead of his time and such an impactful life at just 31 years. He said that human beings constantly make the mistake that they are works in progress who are done at various points. Mm -hmm. We're never done. The work's never done. So if, you subscribe to that, and I very much do. And it sounds like a lot of the audience members, if if you're tuning into this podcast, you must think the same way because that's what this podcast is about: is growth and improvement and giving and serving. Then uh, that's that's ultimately going to lead you to whatever it is that you want in life. But 
quite fulfilling. So yeah, work in progress. That's what I would describe myself as. I love that. And and I appreciate the humility there because I think I would agree that I'm a huge work in progress as well as a lot of guys listening. Um, but it's always hard sometimes when you see the mountaintop or you see the peaks or you see the accomplishment of others. We We know that sure comparison is the thief of joy, but for competitiveness that a lot of us have, right? The innate competitiveness to maybe look at the playing field, look at the world around us and just see how we stack up or see where we add up. We see a lot of people who are works in progress, but where does the work begin, right? We can look at the titles of, for example, focusing on the Taekwondo World Championship. That might be the outcome, but that's far removed from where the work begins. Let's talk about the start. How is that for Arjun? The start in terms of anything, whether it's in work or at the athletic competitions, is all about a fixation and commitment to process and detail. Some of the better coaches and athletes that we follow, you look at Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, right? Who are two of my favorite athletes. I know I'm sure they're they're on your list too there, Ted. These men were obsessed with details, obsessed with preparation to a point where they were like, you know, sometimes tagged as psychos by their teammates. Those of us that are fixated on end results, and I call this the New Year's resolution mentality, and this is what the majority of society ends up succumbing to. You write down a goal because it's December 30th or December 31st, and you feel like this is just something you should do, and it's been ingrained in society that you do it, and then you stick it in the drawer. And then December 1st of that next ensuing year, you pull them up, and you've accomplished very little, if nothing, of that list that you created. And why was that? You had a whole year to do it because there was no commitment to process. So rather than doing New Year's resolutions, which I don't, I just make daily, weekly, and monthly commitments and goals to myself. And I put tighter constraints on them. And therefore that deadline approaches. And if you start stacking good days on top of good days, you put together good weeks, you put together winning months. And if you have more winning months than winning losses in terms of months, or sorry, winning months in terms of, uh, as opposed to losing months, you've had a great year. And you'll probably accomplish everything that you set out to do. So for me, especially when competing, I would set the goal and the acknowledgement that I know that when I'm at my best, there's no one in the world that will beat me. I know that mentally. That's that's the belief I have in myself. Okay, put that away now. That doesn't even enter the picture now. That's the end game. What I need mm-hmm. to do is go backwards. Literally every day from the day that I intend to stand on that podium, backwards every single day and map out a journey of what did it take as I was coming back through it. So it's almost like I go forward in time and then I come backwards in time. And now I need to progress forward. And each day was a commitment to getting better. Every day in the gym, every day in the dojang, every day sitting and doing journaling, taking mental stock, meeting with mentors and advisors and people that I look up to. Each day, each interaction is a chance to get a little better. And as long as I'm doing that, then I'm inching forward. And I know I'm progressing towards that ultimate end goal. But when we fixate on the end goal, that's when we choke. That's when we fall short. And that's exactly the definition of choking. Why does an athlete or why does a guy who shoots, who's made a million free throws in his life, miss that last one? Or that golfer who's nailed so many putts, miss the final one to win that major championship. And people are like, he choked. Okay, well, what is choking? Choking, effectively, is not being able to rise in the moment. But what what is it more specifically? It's you were thinking about the end result. You were thinking about that ball going in to the actual hoop coming out the other side of the net and you celebrating winning the game all the stuff that's going to happen with it or you sink the putt 
not everything that you do before, not everything that happens before that ball leaves your fingertips. So if you just focus on each one of those, my breathing, how many dribbles I'm taking, maybe I do something with the ball. Maybe I hold it. I get some, I get some light weight in my knees. I look up, take a deep breath. And then I go focusing on that type of intricacy. That's how somebody prevents from choking. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of a long-winded answer there to your question, but that's uh, that kind of commitment and that kind of mindset and approach is what I try and apply to everything. Just break things down. Very, yeah. very small focus on small improvements instead of huge, huge wins, which are great, but they're harder to come by. Get the smaller ones and start stacking those, and then you got a winning streak. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my father told me um, on my wedding day, he says, you know, the way a man moves a mountain is by moving small stones. And yes. it's chop could chop wood, carry water every day, the commitment to that process, which we find a lot of synergies in sports and athletics into business. I talk about putting myself in a flow state when I sit down and I know I have to do some deep work and the next two hours Mm -hmm. are going to be critical. I have lo-fi beats that I play. I have a diffuser playing that puts on a specific scent. So, and I sit at my desk, so I'll have the aromas, I'll have the audio, and I will literally have the, the physical location that puts my brain and my body into the mode of this is how we operate and this is where we perform. And a lot of people don't take that to your point because they're not focused on the process. They're focused on the end game. Being that you've not only uh, being co-head coach of Team USA, but helping your clients overcome those challenges and adversity. What are some of the synergies that you've learned from martial arts and Taekwondo that you're able to adapt and apply to your business for people to really execute in their everyday lives? In terms of how I help, the two really intertwine, right? Like being a coach is no different than being an advisor. It's about taking somebody from here to here, from aspiring athlete to champion, from renter to homeowner, from saver to investor, from maybe elite or an, you know a great athlete to now an elite athlete, the next step. So I think of it really simply that I'm just taking people on a journey from here to here, whatever that is. And again, regardless of which hat I'm wearing, whether it's being coach or it's being an advisor, I'm taking someone on a journey. So I'm very comfortable in that role. I accept that role with a lot of humility and a great sense of responsibility. So I take it serious, but that's the approach I bring to the interaction, regardless of what side, what side of it I'm on and sticking to that and committing to that ultimately leads to a lot more victories, not all the time, uh, but definitely a better journey and definitely better process. You mentioned humility and responsibility um, and, and you, you take it with humility and responsibility. How important are that are those as values to you in, in how you operate and what you do? Because I think a lot of guys listening, uh, I, I said this on another podcast. I said, you know, sometimes I feel as men, we don't truly understand the commitments we make. And when we don't show up to those commitments, it's because we, we are either thinking our egos in the way, thinking we're too big for a certain responsibility, or we simply just don't take that responsibility with commitments. And it yes. sounds that, it sounds like you don't take your commitments lightly. When you commit to something, you you have the humility and responsibility to follow through on it. So I'd love to hear more about what those values yeah, mean yeah. to you and how that applies to you in life. That is a mindset. And there's a saying I've got that I share with my athletes and I share with myself all the time. It's to be equal to the moment. Mm. Be equal to the moment. If a moment is big, you show up big. You show it its due respect. You prepare for it. 
and be humble enough to meet it right where it's at. Don't be bigger than the moment because when you're bigger than the moment, you're more arrogant, you're a bit cocky, you don't show respect, you're condescending, and that ends up leaving a really foul taste in either people's mouths that you're interacting with, leaves a very poor impression of you, nothing memorable, and sadly, a lot of people like that. When you're too small for a moment, meaning like you just don't have enough belief, you weren't prepared, you weren't ready, um, you didn't do the things that you needed to do, that moment, when you're too small, that moment will chew you up and spit you out like a massive wave can hit a surfer. But if you're equal to the moment, that the exact spot that you need to be in, no more, no less, because being equal means that you're coming into it with humility, with preparedness, with the right approach, the right energy, and you're built for some type of collaborative success, whether you're there to impact, to influence, to gain something, to give something, whatever it is, the much greater chance of success if you are equal to the moment. And that's kind of how I've always lived my life, you know, that any big thing that's coming up, I'm just going to be equal to it. And I never say this is the biggest moment in my life. I just say this is the next big moment in my life. Remove that pressure, right? Because it's easy for us to do it, right? Like you probably had some pressure on yourself, Ted, before your wedding speech, right? Or like saying something like it's a big moment. Is it the biggest moment in your life? Maybe to date it is, but take that pressure off and just be equal to it. It's big. So you just be big. You don't need to think of it and get overwhelmed. This is the biggest thing that's ever going to happen to me. And I don't know, because then you can get lost in it. So that kind of approach, being equal to the moment is what I apply to everything. And I, I share that with as many people as I can talk to about it, because I feel it was really good advice that was given to me by a coach. And um, it's never it's never wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's huge because being equal to the moment allows you to be present in it. And I've I've learned, especially in my industry, being in TV, um, my first mentor said, Ted, this comes down to two things. It's prepare and know what you're talking about and then trust yourself. So mm. to your point, as long as I'm prepared for appropriately for the moment, the moment shouldn't scare me if I'm showing up authentically, genuinely, and present in that moment. If I'm prepared yeah. for it, I can execute for anything uh, that might be needed or required of me, which is, is in essence what being nervous or kind of being scared actually is. It's really the body's yes. heightened sense of awareness to, to perform. Yeah. That's it, man. That's great. I love that one. Yeah. My definition of that too, because I share with people is that the feeling that you have inside before a big moment is the same, whether you're anxious or actually nervous. The difference is because your body doesn't know the difference. The difference is if you're ready for a moment, you've prepared, you've done everything that you needed to do. You'll still have butterflies. You'll still have them. But what that is, is being anxious because you're ready to seize this moment. But in your brain and your body, it feels the same as being nervous from being also unprepared. So a lot of people will kind of confuse anxiousness with nervousness. They'll think, man, I'm so nervous. You're not nervous. You're ready. You're just anxious. You're ready to go out and do this. That's the same feeling you're feeling right now. But if we've all had those moments and hopefully we've learned from them where you weren't prepared for something and you know, I'm going to get it handed to me today because I'm not ready for this. And I should have prepared. I should have listened. I should have done those things that my dad was telling me or my coach was telling me or my buddies were telling me. And now I've shown up here and I ain't ready for this. So something bad might happen. That's nervousness. When you're yeah. nervous, it's because you're unprepared. You're not ready. If you're ready, you're good. You know, you'll still feel it. And the butterflies will always be there. But when you're ready, the butterflies fly in sequence. They're not scattered. If you can get those butterflies to fly in sequence and create harmony out of it, you're good. And you can really channel that and set yourself up for an amazing result.
Man, I, I love that nervousness versus anxious because it's all about our relationship with that, you know, that increased heart rate, that feeling that we have, the relationship with that yeah, is really same, all it, right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, speaking of nervousness, right? Um, saw on your social, you you have a little one coming up, another another baby <laughs> coming up here in the summer of 2023, yeah. which congratulations. Um, I'm a dog Thank dad, you, brother, not a baby it. dad quite yet. Um It'll be how, how important is family and how does that play into the way you show up in your business, the way you show up for your family and also how you show up for your, your, your athletes and others that depend on you through life. I mean, there's look, anytime we pursue something, it's going to come at the expense of something else, right? The whole mantra or culture of like, you can have work-life balance. You can have it all. In my opinion, it's all BS. Mm. You, like you can have it all, but it will come at the expense of something. Time and energy is finite. So if we are pursuing something great, you, you won an Emmy that didn't happen overnight, right? There was a lot of work and progression that was put into that and commitment and getting better and getting stronger and being more visible and really shining in the moments when you were given those opportunities. You did that, but yeah, did that come at the expense of something? Sure, it may have. Long out, longer hours that you were putting in in the desk and in the studio maybe came at the expense of not having as much quality time with a significant other. Maybe you were you you stayed single longer because you couldn't pursue a social life. Same thing for me. Spending Friday nights in the gym to prepare when I know a lot of my guys that I compete against maybe taking Friday night off or socializing. I want to put in that time, but I'm sacrificing my personal life. So whatever we're pursuing will always come at the expense of something else. And I think there's, that's, that's something that we really have to acknowledge when we're going after something. And Ted, forgive me. It was, it was something I was going to lead in with that, but give me your original question there on this topic here. Yeah. More um, time and then I'll and connect. I think you were circling around it because it's also the cost with, when it comes to family and the importance of family. Yes, family. Yes. Thank foundation. you. And the sacrifice. Right. Mm -hmm. So when things come at the expense of stuff, yeah, that could be, but you've got to be able to pull it back in. And it's an art and it's one that I'm still working at, you know, with humility, I will say, but I don't, I never misprioritize it. I may not be able to keep it working exactly the way I want to, but it's always my priority that my family comes first, whether it's my parents, my siblings, my wife and daughters, future daughters, because I'm going to have two of them. Oh, uh, nice. And yeah, that will come at the expense of a little bit of work, right? But when I'm pursuing some things, yeah, maybe I don't. Maybe I, 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 there's certain things I miss, but where I try and make up and be really present and show up is if I commit to certain things that I know, then I absolve myself of that guilt because I would have immense guilt. So as an example, I make it a point to be home by six o'clock every day, unless I have a work commitment, I could stay in the office late. I could put in that time. You were there too, right? And mm -hmm. the, the build up to the accomplishments you've had in media, there's always more time to work, but I shut it off and I get on the road by 5.30 so that I'm home by 6 so that I can have dinner with my wife and my daughter. I can do her downtime with her and spend that time with her and put her to bed. And then I can get back to doing some work if I want to. But I have to show up there, right? Because your kids, your family, they're not the age. They're not in this moment in time forever. It's all fleeting and it goes quick. And people tell you that. And I remember hearing that from people said, ah, you know, that's just like, that's just a line. It really is true. Things go by very fast. You blink. Mm -hmm. and another year has gone by or you miss some moments. So 
I don't ever, it's nothing I never sacrificed. There's a lot of people in my industry and in my profession and other professions and yours, whatever, that maybe don't view the priority the same. And they're like, look, I've got to do whatever it takes to get to a certain point. And I know that means less family time. Look, to each their own. Everyone's driven by different things. But for me, I've talked to enough people and I've spent time with enough mentors and people that are older than me, that are far more successful than me that have something about what it is I want. And the one thing in common that every single one of them has said, either with regret or with acknowledgement and humility is that your family can never take a backseat ever because mm -hmm. that will haunt you for the rest of your days. So show up for them, even if it means you make a little less or you close one less thing or whatever. And there's with men and the egos we have, especially like the temptation is that I can do more. I can take, I can take on more. And sometimes we can, right? It's our nature. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But you got to be able to rein it in. You're going to have to put some checks on yourself there and rope things in from time to time and just not lose sight of what's important because I've seen it happen on the negative side to people. I've seen countless guys that were pursuing success and got swept up in money and fame and notoriety and luxury and material things to the point where their family life took a hit. And now they don't have much of a family. Yeah, Kids don't respect them. And that's got to be an empty feeling. Very mm -hmm. empty. You could have all the money in the world and all the success and notoriety, but if your family and the people that were counting on you from day one don't view you as that rock anymore and they don't respect you, it's all in vain and it's for nothing. So it's nothing I want to lose sight of. I work at it. Definitely not perfect at it, but I don't lose sight of it. And it is always the first priority. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head with, you know, I, I have to show up because we we've had this theme on the podcast many times. And I say, you know, guys, you might think, Oh, I, my house needs a big fat, a big house. My family needs uh, food on the table, but what your family needs more than the big house and just food on the table is you. And that is irreplaceable. Right. And uh, a guest that I've had earlier on and, and very early on in the podcast said it great. He said, my values stay the same, but my priorities change over time where I might have to work more because my Beautiful. value is family. But that's very much understood. And to your point of, you know, everything comes at the cost of something else, especially in my industry, I would be asked to host events. I would be asked to do charity show uh, appearances and and sometimes out sure. of the kindness of my heart. Well, now when my wife maybe sees me for an hour during the week and on a weekday night, someone wants me to show up for two hours to, you know, shake hands, kiss babies and things like that. Now you're taking that time for my wife. It's going to, it can't be pro bono. It's going to cost more, or I just simply can't do it because the value of what you're asking is, is just too much for me to, to sacrifice and understanding that value right. is, is huge. Um, yeah. Speaking you know, of and you like sleeping, you like sleeping on your own bed, man. You don't want to end up on the couch. So. Man, I have a good pillow on my bed. I paid extra money for that pillow. In the bed, yeah, man. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't want to this couch. On the bed. <laughs> um, let's let's speak of value because um, a lot of guys listening, if if they're single, they might be looking for a queen. Um, maybe they're in a relationship, looking how to better their relationship and elevate. I, I say elevate our capacity for life, but let's talk about increasing our value right? Whether it be, because you mentioned financial literacy earlier, whether it be debt management or net worth growth, I do think it's very, very important for us as men to have our finances in order, especially when we talk about wanting to bring in a family, when we want to make these decisions to court a woman or a partner and 
and grow and move further, we want to be able to provide spiritually, physically, but also financially. So yeah, what advice would you give to some of our younger listen, listeners who might be thinking, how can I increase my value? Right. I think there's a lot of introspection that you need to do because oftentimes in relationships and in dynamics, uh, especially sometimes with the male psyche, it's all about being on the take because we're there to accomplish, to win, to get something. Mm. And so sometimes we can carry that forth into our personal relationships and friendships. But if you focus and I've got, there's this great quote that I love, uh, it was a random line in a movie. And the quote was not of anyone famous. It was just a quote of the actual character in the film, which was a total fictitious story. But it said, all that is not given is lost. So whatever you don't give, it's lost, right? It's like it just kind of vanishes in the air. But we all have something to give. And in relationships, you want to give more than you're taking. A lot mm -hmm. of times we get into it. And this is the immature side of us, right? And I was there in my dating years, I would be on the take. Like, what is this person doing for me? What am I getting out of it, right? How hot are they? How good do we look together when we're out? You know, like, do they not give me any drama? I don't want a drama queen. Like, I'm. these are all statements and things that I'm saying that are like, for me. But what is it I bring to the table? What makes you so great? I had a therapist and a life coach that I worked with in 2014. This is when I was still single. And she asked me, you know, is it a goal of yours to have a relationship and have a family and settle down? I said, yeah, absolutely it is. And for me, I had been in a lot of long-term and mid-term relationships and they would all end, some of them spectacularly. And I mean that in a bad way, like they would just blow up <laughs> and it would be the same old thing. And then I go back to being single, like, I'm just going to focus on me. I'm going to do me. And then, you know, I'd come back around and date somebody else. And maybe there'd be a little improvement, but then it would kind of end. But she asked me that and she said, look, you've got all these things that you want in someone and a partner. And that's good. We all need to be clear about what it is we want. But have you truly defined what it is you bring, what you offer? What is it you bring? Because just because you got a list doesn't mean that other person sitting across from you doesn't have a list. Are you, are you showing up? Are you meeting that list or not? So she had me do the exercise and I did it on a long flight to New York to go visit my dad. I spent the entire flight, the whole six hours from San Francisco to New York, basically writing down what it is I bring to the table. And I got really specific. It wasn't just superficial stuff, right? Like I still got a full head of hair. I dress well. You know, like, I like good food. No, it's none of that stuff. It's I'm, I'm a supportive partner. When I commit to doing it, I'm really supportive. I can be a rock for someone. You know, I value family. And that's just not my relationship with my family. It's my relationship with other people's families and helping them foster a better relationship with their family if I can be helped. I went really, really deep on that. And I became super clear about what it is I bring to the table. And then I wanted to pour more into that. I wanted to strengthen that because... The old phrase that if you build it, they will come. I mean, I'm telling you, there's too many books. There's too many podcasts. There's too, it's a huge multi-billion dollar industry of relationships and dating advice and whatever. The single greatest, simplest thing that you can do is figure out what it is you bring to the table, improve where you're deficient and pour into it like relentlessly. Because if you do, you'll be a better human being, which above all is what counts. Forget about where we end up. That's what you got to do. That's your one sole responsibility being, you know, a member of this universe, right? Is to just be a better human being. But if you build it, they will come. If you build a life around you and you build an energy and an aura around you that will invite someone, that makes somebody want to join you and sit alongside you and go through life, you'll find it's a lot easier than just trying to pick somebody and figure out, are they meeting all my needs? Are they, are they is this what I want? And I'm not going to settle. And this is another dangerous thing that we get 
wrapped up in because people tell you don't settle. So anyone who's married knows that's all a crock of shit because you get told when you're single, don't settle, don't settle, don't settle. And then when you get married, it's you got to compromise. Forget about you now. Like you got to shut up and listen. You got to be there. So like, which one, which one was it? It's so contradictory, but that's why therapists make so much money. But to bring it back seriously in full circle, focus on you, build, build, build from within and create a life that's worth joining, not worth living, worth joining. And someone will join you. If you do it right, you'll have a lot of options of people that may want to join you. And then you got a harder decision, but those are good problems to have. But the right people, the right energies, the right forces will come into your life if you focus from in and really build a life worth joining. Mm, I love that because I used to describe it to to my friends and guys who were dating as, you know, imagine uh, these these women you're trying to court or when you're dating, they're walking through an amusement park and you're the next ride, roller coaster, or what have you. Right. <laughs> I love and, it. and they see the the loops and, and all this. And what I think a lot of guys make the mistake of doing is they they do exactly what you're saying, Arjun. They 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 build themselves up. They're going to the gym, they have this life, but once they get the relationship, all that stops. So now you have this partner yeah. sitting on this ride. They're waiting for the dips and the and the turns and everything, but it was a facade, right? Because they only they only built at surface level. You don't you don't want right. the haunted house with the big front and everything, and it's a letdown. You want that actual roller coaster. You want to build the life that's going to have the dips and the and the turns and that excitement, but also the security as well, because you're not going to get on the ride if you don't feel safe. Uh, that's right. Coming right. up well said. I like that analogy. I like <laughs> Thank that you. one. Thank you so much. You're free to use it because it's not mine to give. Um, All right, man. I'll take it. What would you credit? Um, and because as a mortgage banker in your career since the last year, uh, since your last year of college, over 18 years, what would you credit your current status in life to? Uh, from everything from the past 18 years, two world championships, co-head coach of the USA Taekwondo team um, to, to where you are now in business, what would you give credit to that trajectory and that growth? Just being, having really, really good, amazing people in my life. It sounds silly, but I've been very careful about who I choose to spend time with. And when you become a, a father, a parent, when you get married, like your time becomes a lot more limited because now you've got to dedicate a lot more resources emotionally as you should to things that are more important now. You have a different set of priorities. But that means the, the idle time you have or the time away from those priorities that you spend, you have to be ultra protective of. So I've been very fiercely protective and very clear about the kinds of people I want in my life. And um, that's narrowed down because I used to be a lot more social and a lot more visible to people on a social level and amongst friends and having a big, huge circle of friends. But I've just been really careful about that. And as a result, I'd say over the last 10, 15 years, really having the right kind of people around me has shaped more because that, that old saying that you're directly shaped and influenced, or you will be the sum of the five people you associate with the most. Right. And that it's so true. It is absolutely true. And though, for those of you that are on the younger end of the spectrum as listeners, it could not be more true. So get that right now, fix that part now, right? Who you're around, who you give your time to, because all of us have a ticking clock. Time is not finite or infinite, excuse me, it is finite. So you've got a limited amount of it. So just be really fierce, fiercely protective of who you give that time to and how you spend it. And I'd say that's definitely been 
one of the more conscious decisions that's had massive impact and helped move the needle in my life as a professional and as an athlete, and definitely as a coach as to who I choose to spend time with. Love that. Answered like a true CEO too, because I've asked CEOs and they said the, the, the ticket is is not what, it's who. And, and that's it's who. It's what they always credit it to. It's everything. It's um, absolutely everything. Yeah. Speaking of having the right people in their circle, in their corner, I want to make sure that our audience, our listeners, before I ask my last question, I want to make sure that they have an yeah. opportunity to reach out to you, get in contact with you, get help with their finances. If they're trying to get out of debt, if they're trying to get their credit in order, if they're trying to purchase a home, go from renter to owner. And I know yeah. that there's, especially with this year coming up, there could be opportunities out there. So please, uh, how can folks get in contact with you? No, I appreciate that, Ted. Yeah, it's on Instagram. That's the easiest place for me to interface with people. And I love having conversations and connecting. So at Arjun Mortgage, A-R-J-U-N Mortgage, all together. That's my Instagram handle. Drop me a note on there. Mention this podcast so I know where we're connecting from. And I'd love to chat and offer help or guidance or just even build community. I'm, I'm huge on that. So I look forward to it. Thank you. Absolutely. And I, I appreciate everything that you shared today, Arjun, because it was hugely valuable. I'll be sure to have um, your your Instagram handle in the show notes and links and everything for folks to to literally click and, and get get uh, transferred over to the, those sources. And, I, and, and he's not lying, by the way, about showing up and meeting the moment because I'm not usually outdressed on my own podcast. For those that are listening and not watching, <laughs> this is a well-dressed man. And I was pressed for time, just got out of the gym. I'm still wearing a hoodie. So shout out to Arjun for dressing better than the host on the Modern Man Podcast. I appreciate that, brother. No, you look good, man. You're comfortable. You're the host. You do you, you do it, you do it however you want to. Yeah. I'll tell everyone this too. I because I really enjoyed it. It's been it was the best book I ever read in my life. And you've got it right back there on your shelf, The Alchemist. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, like, if you is this a is this a um a video podcast or just audio? Video and audio. And, oh, it is both. Okay, so for those of you watching, you can see that he's got that book back there. I have it. It was a book given to me probably 20 years ago uh, by a cousin who's like a big brother to me and, and a mentor also. And I reread it every year. And that book changes my life every time I read it. So I encourage every guy, every listener of this, if you don't have that book, get it, read it, commit to rereading it, keep it on yourself. That's one you'll never, you'll never get rid of. Oh, I absolutely agree, which which is why I keep it on display. And every year I put out a list of uh, books every man should read to jumpstart their growth. I put out the 2023 post that's on the website. And it, this makes the list every single year because it's, it's How can it not. Book. Yeah. Yeah. It's never getting different. Yeah. Last question uh, before we kind of wrap everything up. Um, and I saved the heaviest one for last. It's a, it's a question on. From everything you've seen, what has happened to you or something that you've seen that impacts the way you view the world as a man? Uh, it was, it's you know, before any big moment, I have this mantra, this saying that I tell myself to kind of center myself, which is that everything that has happened to me in my life up to this point has prepared me for this moment. I live for these moments. I love these moments. I am ready. And then I just go on and do the thing, even if it's being on a podcast with somebody I respect like yourself or giving a speech on my wedding day or walking into the ring with one of my fighters, whatever it might be, I'll do that. And that kind of approach to being, you know, really prepared and 
and, and acknowledging what's happened to you in your life will help channel you. And everyone needs to find that one thing for me, because so much of my life is around serving and giving. There was a moment that I had, um, I mean, there's a few, but one with my dad and then one with my grandmother. And I'll share the one with my grandmother, who's the, who's the person who taught me about the value of volunteering and the value of giving, because we would spend every summer in India as kids, because my parents were from there. And that's a whole nother life. And that was a very humbling and very, very formative phase of our life that we would spend summers there because it's, it's just, that's a totally different world. It's a third world country, right? Compared to what we have here, like things you take for granted, like running water, electricity, paved roads. You don't got that over there. And that's the life that they know. So you were hit in the face with that and just recognizing that people live a very, very different life. But my grandmother and gender roles were, you know, pretty defined over there. Men would work. Women would stay at home. But my grandmother, two days a week, would go and volunteer at this hospital. And I hated it when she'd leave because I loved being around her when I was a little kid. I was maybe six or seven years old, and I'd hate it. So I, she was going down the driveway to walk to get into her, uh, into her taxi to get to the hospital. And I said, why are you going if you don't work? It's not your job. Why are you going? You know, Because I didn't want her to go. And she just looked at me and she said, because it's the right thing to do. And I never forgot it. It punched me in the chest. I was like, wow, she's doing this because it's the right thing to do. And that really stuck with me. So we all got to give because like that quote that I said earlier, though, you know, whatever we don't give or whatever is not given is lost ultimately. So just give, even if it's a small amount. And if people do that, I think we have, you know, society as a whole gets better. The world gets better. Our communities get better. We feel better. But that's probably been one of the most defining moments still in my life is that conversation with my grandmother when I was a kid. And anytime I give time, even if I feel burnt out, I remind myself it's the right thing to do. And that's why we do it. And uh, yeah, I'll close it on that. Amazing. Arjun, thank you so much. This has been uh, a really great 40 minutes uh, of just value, transparency, and really the tips and tricks for a lot of people to kind of taking control of their lives. Cause there's a lot of focus on preparation process details showing up yes. in the moment where it's at. So I just want to say thank you so much for, for everything that you've given to us uh, these past 35 to 40 minutes. Thank you, Ted. I appreciate you having me on brother and mad respect uh, to you, what you're doing, your accomplishments as an Emmy award winner, which is no easy feat in life. So clearly, man, you you are a human that is also dedicated and committed to process and improvement. So I applaud you for that. And uh, it's been my honor and privilege to be on this with you today. Likewise. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm still a work in progress, like you mentioned. Um, That's right, brother. I'm going to recap some of the gems you left along the way as I close us out really quick, because I know a lot of folks while they're listening or watching or doing things around the house or maybe driving so they don't have the pen and paper, but work in progress. I love how Arjun started with that because so many of us are a work in progress and we judge ourselves for our current situation or our current checkpoint in life. But the, the race is far from over. A fixation mm -hmm. on progress and detail. Uh, a lot of people set the audacious goals. A lot of folks might have done that uh, right around the new year with their new year resolutions. But the reality is if you're not committing to a process and you're not focused on the details of the plan to get there, it's just a dream. It's just something you wrote down once. And if it's not revisited, if there's not an actual plan to go after it. It is just a dream. And the daily, the weekly, the monthly commitments is what will take you to that reality and take it from a dream to actually something tangible. And I love it when Arjun said, at my best, no one in the world can beat me. 
how many people are working in a craft, are working in something or starting a business at their best, no one in the world can beat that. You owe it to the world to be at your best, anxious or nervous. It's all in that preparation. If you're anxious, you're ready for the situation. If you're nervous, maybe you should have done more preparation. And if you've ever had the feeling of being unprepared, you know it stings even more so if you're unprepared and others are depending on you. That's a feeling I don't wish on anybody. Uh, and no. then what do you bring to the table? This was huge for anyone out there dating relationships or in a marriage, instead of focusing on what the other person is giving you or what's lacking, maybe put the mirror up, maybe do that introspection in terms of what you bring to the table, because a lot of people listening out there say they want a queen, but you must in fact be a king and build your castle to house your queen. And then having the right people with you, having the right circle. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Audit your relationships, get better, elevate your capacity. And a great way to do that is by keeping it locked with the Modern Man Podcast as we put out an episode each and every single week. We thank you guys for making it to the end. If you got value, go ahead. You know what to do. Hit that like button, that subscribe button. Share this with a friend. And of course, new episodes come out every single week. So we can't wait to see you next time. As we always say at the end of the podcast, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain. But you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's get back to the next day. I think we're gonna do a great job.